The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. God's favorite house, praise the Lord. Today, as you are aware, we have someone that is very, 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 very special with us today. And is Henry's lovely wife. I mean, to bring the word, you know, of God to us. And he's not a stranger to us. I mean, both of them aren't. I mean, they've been with us from when God's Privy House started. And, and in my journey, I mean, he's, he's my, my brother, he's my friend, <laughs> you know, and um, we've, we've come a long way. And, and I'm grateful to God for, for the friendship that um, we have with him. His wife, of course, also been here before. Like I said to you guys before now that um, when I was a bachelor, I mean, I used to look forward to to our cooking. Ah, I'm not a foodie, but our cooking is um, top-notch. Anyway, that's, that's why we're here. To bring the word of God to us today, we have um, an introduction before I bring him up of, of, of Pastor Shola Adewale. If you ever have anything you want to birth in the physical, or you want to see happen in your life in the physical, you need to find a way to engage God, first of all, in the spiritual. Because when Jesus Christ said to us, be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, a very simple operational definition of that statement is, just follow God. Follow God. Because if you follow God, and you see that God succeeds in the things that he does, he overcomes any obstacles in his way, then the wise thing to do is to follow him and do things the way he does them. Pastor Olushala Adewale is a teacher of the word of God, and the pastor of the New Springs Parish of the Redeemed Christian Church of God at Maryland, Ikeja. He believes that anyone can reach any height as long as they walk right with God. God has given him an assignment to preach the message of personal excellence and make disciples of Christ out of everyone he comes into contact with. In addition, Pastor Shola Adewale is an HR specialist with diverse experience in consulting and training in the public and private sectors of Nigeria. He has facilitated executive learning sessions for over 2,000 professionals in Nigeria. Pastor Shola Adewale is a senior consulting alumnus of Accenture and Philips Consulting. Currently, he is the director of people and organization at PricewaterhouseCoopers, Nigeria. Before HR Consulting, he was a banker and rose to be company treasurer in the Nigerian financial services industry. He left Accenture in May 2001 to start Human Performance Solutions. Pastor Olushola Adewale is happily married to the love of his life, Omaomi, and they are blessed with children. So let's put our hands together as we welcome Pastor Shola Adewale to bring the word of God to us. Let's put our hands together for the Lord, for the Lord, for the Lord, for the Lord. Keep clapping, keep clapping, keep clapping. Praise the name of the Lord. 
You know, the Bible says whatever your hand finds to do, do it with everything that you have. So if you are praising the Lord, then praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for the blessing of life. Thank you for the blessing of health. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. Thank you that you have called those of us who are not a people to be your people. And Lord, we thank you for the wonderful and clear evidence of your favor upon this house. Please accept our thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Father, we ask that this morning you will change our lives. Your word tells us that it is by the word of your mouth that you made the heavens and the earth. So we know that your word is powerful. We know that your word is almighty. So we ask that for one person here this morning, you will send a word that will transform their lives totally in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask that this day will be the new beginning of the best that you have planned for someone here in Jesus' name. We thank you for your son and your daughter who you have appointed as the shepherds of this house. Please, Father, uphold them to the end. As you have been doing with them, Father, continue to do. Grant them your grace, your favor, your mercy, your health, your abundance in every way. And Lord, we pray for everyone who is lifting up their hands here. Please bless them as well. Take them higher and higher. At the end of today, Lord, let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen, amen, amen. Be, be, before you, okay, okay, okay. I, I know you want to sit. Amen. Um, I didn't know Pastor Femi was, and that was a surprise. I thought yesterday was a surprise. You know, that, that video was, uh, was a big surprise. But he said something, you know, he said, oh, he's grateful for the relationship. I was going to say exactly that. That, you know, there are a handful of relationships. When I say a handful, uh, I mean a handful that I count myself blessed to have had, particularly from my early days as a Christian. I am confident that without those relationships, I won't be here today. I am confident. No doubt in my mind that I will have missed it. Because uh, those relationships are very pivotal. And Pastor Femi, not called Pastor Femi then. It was Brother Femi. Amen. Um, was a major part of my beginning uh, as a Christian. And his friendship to today is one that I am grateful for. So I want you to please put your hands together for Jesus. For the blessing of relationships. Amen. Many people are struggling in life because they don't know how to handle relationships. The church that Jesus left behind, he said, as they were one together, God added to them and he blessed them. So this morning, just so that the message is practical, I want you to go around and meet as many people as you have never met before. And please be a Christian. Greet them. Look them in the eye. Say something great to them. Tell them they look good. They smell good. And that you see the glory of God in their lives. Don't greet the people you know. Amen.
Are you done already? Hallelujah. And then you may please be seated. Please do the rest at the end of the service. Make sure you don't go home without meeting at least 12 new people. Amen. 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 I'm so blown away. I mean, I, I'm grateful to God for, for the privilege to... I want to visit more. Not to preach, but just... I wish I could sneak in here. Just, you know, this place keeps changing. New things keep happening. I was telling my brother, you know, Shegun, right? Yeah, uh, Pastor Shegun, that if I came here by myself, I'd probably get lost. Because great things keep happening. And I'm so grateful that, you know, God has finally spoken to Pastor Femi to put up a signboard. We've been begging for that signboard for many years. Amen. Amen. Be- before we go into the world, I-, I have a belief that, and I say that to the people in our church, that many people come to church for different things. But that every Sunday, at least one person comes to church with a specific expectation. You know, I have been there, I'm still there, but there was a season of my life when I was so, and I've been through that season many times. But there's a particular season, particularly before I met Jesus, just which is how I met him, where I was so desperate that I, I used to go to the church I attended in London at the time, Jesus' house, and just, God, if you would just touch me today. And God was faithful, and he still remains faithful. So if you are here this morning and you came to church with a specific expectation, I want you to please rise. You know, you didn't just come religiously. You know, maybe you have a big expectation of God this week or this month or this year. And I want you to just lift up your voice to the almighty God and say, Father, my eyes are on you today. My ears are attentive to your word today. I have an expectation today. Your word says the expectation of the righteous will not be cut off. Thank you, Lord. Talk to God. Speak to him about that expectation. So, Lord, I I, I need to hear from you today. I need you to move this mountain for me, Lord. lift up my eyes to you because it is from you that my help comes Lord and tell him about that expectation, that burden on your heart that door that has refused to open, tell the almighty God that you saw in his word that the everlasting doors must open so that the king of glory can come and take away the shame Father we thank you Lord In Jesus' name we pray. Father, Lord, I just stand in agreement with everyone who has lifted up their voices to you, lifted up their hearts to you in expectation. There's no record in your word of anyone whose eyes were on you who are disappointed, Lord. And you do not change. Lord, I pray that in a way far beyond what I could ever say 
your Holy Spirit will connect with everyone here individually in the name of Jesus. And Lord, as your Holy Spirit connects with the expectation, Father, let your power flow. Breaking chains. Open, opening doors that have been shut. Doors of blessing. Opening the heavens, O oh Lord. And just glorifying your word in their lives. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. God bless you. Please be seated. I'm privileged and blessed to be here um, with my one and only wife. My, my honey. She insisted on coming with me this morning because, you know, in the past I have managed to come alone. But I said, you know, let's go. Uh, together too. So I'm grateful that she decided to come here because the people in our church would rather have one of us there, but we're grateful that uh, they released us today. So please help me to welcome <clears throat> Pastor Mo Miadeole. Amen. Amen. I bring a message this morning um, titled Living as God Intended. Now, I, I know that most of us uh, regular people uh, plan to attend one service a Sunday. So I, I'm not going to lay it on you. But if you can find a way to listen, and I'm sure you can, because, you know, GFH is a, a digital church, you can listen uh, to the second message if you are not able to stay. Because the first service is really just setting the context. Um, as I have said in the past, I am not graced uh, yet. I try to, but I, I struggle to bring uh, the same message in two services. Uh, I think I struggle with that a little bit. Uh, but I, I, I'm going to be bringing a second message in the second service that goes a bit deeper uh, than the first service. Uh, so if you can, um, please make sure you listen online. And, and obviously if you can also, you know, if you are irregular like me, when I travel, uh, I can attend three services in a day just because I just can't get enough. Uh, I bring a message titled, Living as God Intended. Living as God Intended. Uh, and we will start from 3 John 2. 3 John uh, has just one chapter. Uh, and I'll read from verse 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in how many things? All things, I read from the New King James Version, and be in health just as your soul prospers. This lone Bible verse gives an indication of the life that God intended for us. The, the design of God for our lives. Uh, and, and this message is very, I'm very passionate about this This intent of God because that is my desire for myself. Is there anybody who wants to prosper in every area of their lives here this morning? Ah, okay. So I have some kindred uh, spirits here. And I honor and respect uh, those of us who didn't um, necessarily have uh, an intimate relationship with our fathers or some of us who didn't even have a, uh, didn't get to meet our fathers I only had the privilege of having my father for the first 16 years of my life, and then he went to be with the Lord. But in those 16 years, I enjoyed a very intimate relationship with him. He was also an unordained minister of the gospel uh, in the Baptist church. And my dad 
spoilt me seriously. Uh, not in a negative way, but he, we had a very deep relationship. If I was upset, for example, about anything, my dad would be concerned, even as a teenager. And he would go to any extent to make sure that I was well taken care of. As I have grown also and in my walk with God, my spiritual father, who you may have met, you know, um, is a, is a, uh, a friend, uh, like a, 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 a support system uh, who's also close to Pastor Femi. Uh, his name is Pastor Agu Iruku. Uh, those who know my relationship with him also will tell you that he spoils me rotten. And then he tells me also that God has spoiled you. And what is that spoiling that I'm talking about? I believe absolutely that it is possible to have every area of your life doing well. And that is my expectation. I, I, have, I don't have any less expectation of God, my employers, anybody at all, including my wife. Everything has to be together. Praise the name of the Lord. And you can see she's together. Amen? So this verse tells us that God wants us to do well spiritually, physically, and financially. So this morning, I'm going to just try to share with you why these three. Why does God want us to do well in these three dimensions? You see, God made us in his own image. And God is Trinity, right? You know that. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that they are one, three in one. And as God made us in his own image, and he's a triune God, it means that we too were also a what? Trinity. We also are three in one. And so it is God's intention, that is his perfect design for all of us, that all dimensions of our lives should do well. So let us start with the spiritual dimension. Let's start with spiritual prosperity. What does it mean to prosper spiritually? And why is it a big deal? And if you want to get distracted at all, this first part is the one you shouldn't get distracted about because that is the very center of things. Spiritual prosperity is primarily intimacy with God. When a man is prospering spiritually, the primary evidence is that he is intimate with God. A good example is Abraham, the father of our faith. You know, Galatians 3.29 says that those who are in Christ... They are the seed of Abraham and therefore heirs, inheritors of God's promise to Abraham. And you remember God's promise to Abraham was that he would so bless him and make his name great that those who bless him will be blessed and those who curse him will be cursed. And through his seed, the nations of the earth will be blessed. Abraham was deeply intimate with God. In James chapter 2, verse 23, James 2, 23, the Bible says that Abraham was called the friend of who? God. Abraham didn't call himself the friend of God. You know, in the world we live in, 
We all have friends in high places. Whether you believe it or not, it may, you may not look at me like that, but the vice president is my friend. Right? We are pastors in the same church. But I don't know whether he will say Shola is my... You get the joke, right? So many of us say, I, I know this person. But will the person say they know you? No, 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 no. Abraham's friendship with God was different. In Genesis chapter 18, verse 17 to 19. Genesis 18, 17 to 19. God proved this. He said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing that I want to do in life? I want to go and deal with Sodom and Gomorrah. Should I hide it from Abraham? Most regular people, when they want to do something that is important, they will share it with their good friends, correct? And the deeper the intent or the, the bigger the thing they want to do, the, the more they are selective in who they share it with first. And so God said, I want to go and do something. I can't go unless I tell Abraham about it. And he didn't end there. He said, I'm going to tell Abraham about it because I know him. I know that he will teach his children. He will, he will keep this thing in the lineage. Because spiritual prosperity controls everything else. I pray for someone here this morning that God will draw you today into a deeper walk with him in Jesus' name. Because if you can get that right, that is the root cause of everything. Everything you see here in God's favorite house, from the first day at Protea Hotel, Oakwood Park, to what God has done in nine years, it doesn't come by being distant from God. It doesn't come by being casual with God. So I pray for you one more time. Because God has great plans for your future. Even greater plans than you have ever imagined. Because his word says that, For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to take you to an expected end, a prepared end. I pray for you one more time. That intimacy that you need to fulfill your destiny, God will draw you into it today in Jesus' name. Spiritual, you know, is like we say amen in Lekki. I just prayed a very fundamental prayer for you. The word of God says that nobody can come unless the Father draws them. So I pray for you one more time. That intimacy you need so that you will attain your destiny, God will draw you into it in Jesus' name. Sounds better. You see, spiritual prosperity is important because it also includes being victorious over your enemies. See, the moment you begin to smell prosperity, even if it is just that you move from being unemployed to becoming employed, long before you become managing director, and you will be, and you will be chairman in Jesus' name, the moment you 
you show signs that you want to move from one level to the other, you will attract enemies. You will attract opposition. You know, there's an English saying that says that he that is down need fear no fall. <laughs> but then the Bible says, let he who stands take heed so it doesn't fall. Well, if you plan to be a loser in life, if you plan to be nobody, you don't, the devil is okay with you. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> At least for a season until he comes to do the destruction. But the day you say you want to rise, you want to excel, you need to now pay attention to spiritual warfare. And in the little over two decades that I have known the Lord Jesus Christ, and I have been privileged to serve him, I have discovered that most of us, where we fail is that we are not... Um, Conversant, we are not familiar with this reality that as you rise, you need to get more spiritual. In fact, Jesus Christ said that the people of the world understand this thing better. Many of us want to grow in life. You want to get married, have kids, uh, you know, buy a car, buy land, you know, do all kinds of stuff. But your spiritual level, your depth in the spiritual realm is insufficient to birth the testimony that you desire. Ask anybody who has done really well or who is doing very well, they will tell you that you need to be a deep spiritual person. You need to get deeper. You need to flourish spiritually. And you see, again, it also depends on your background. It depends on where you are coming from. It depends on your circumstance. So my pastor's wife used to tell me when I was a Christian, when I was a new Christian, that my, because of the family I came from, oh, that there were some battles that my parents have fought on my behalf, which is probably true because, I mean, <laughs> I know where I came from. I won't tell you this morning before you wonder, how did it transform so much? <laughs> but I saw the negative spiritual very, very early in life. I'll give you one example. One day, my dad and his brothers and cousins went for a meeting. There was a family meeting. And they accused, some people accused the wife of their big uncle that she was committing adultery. And so the woman said, this, I was seven years old. My father came from the meeting, and I told him we were quite close. He told me, at seven. They came from the meeting, and when they accused her, the woman said, this accusation you have given me, you guys, you don't know, but you have accused me wrongly. People will die over this matter. This was on a Saturday evening. On Monday morning, my dad is shaving. We lived in Loring. That's where I'm from. He's shaving. Paste all over his face. A knock on the door comes. I'm getting ready to go to primary school. My dad runs to the door, and they said to him, all his cousins, four of them, four from the same father, two from one wife, another two from another wife, were driving from wherever they had the meeting to Lagos. 
the boss, the driver, and a little maid was in the car. The car crashed, and all four of them died, except the driver and the maid. And the four were buried the same day. <laughs> I saw that when I was seven. But many of us go through life trying to excel. You go to work. To pray in the morning is a problem. To read your Bible in the problem. People that you are contending with for an office, for promotion, they have spent the whole night at a witch, witch's coven. Probably have made some ritual sacrifices. But just fast for God to do it again is a problem. Another friend of God was David. In 2 Samuel chapter 1, David testified. He said God had given him rest from all his enemies. May I pray for someone here this morning. That the almighty God will fight for you. Yeah. You said that amen well. Yeah. Because in your life, you, many enemies you have, you don't even know that you have them. Because they are spiritual enemies, right? <laughs> I pray God will fight for you and give you victory over all of them as he did for David in Jesus' name. It is unwise to underestimate enemy action. Very, very unwise. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 to 13, the word of God gives us an inventory of the kind of forces that we are up against in this world. Ephesians 6 from verse 10 to 13. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and... That's, you don't wrestle against human beings. But against what? Principalities. Principalities are geographical spirits. Demons that control environments, that control nations, that control organizations. <laughs> Against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, the people who meet when you sleep, against spiritual hosts of not kindness, wickedness in the high places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And so that having done all, you may stand. I pray that you will stand till the end in Jesus' name. Spiritual prosperity also includes fruitfulness. In attracting and bringing people to Jesus and helping them to stand. In John chapter 15, from verse 1 to 16, Jesus tells us very clearly that God chose us. And if you go to Jeremiah chapter 1, you'll find out that that choice was made before your parents met. It says, God chose you and I to bear fruit, and that it is as our fruit abides, that when we pray, God will do what? Answer. So not only are some of us very shallow spiritually, and contracted out our spirituality to others, sometimes our pastors, not knowing that the pastor himself, great, he's accounting for your soul, but he also has to contend so that he can stand. So many of us, not only are we shallow spiritually, many of us have no fruit to bear, no fruit to show God. 
We have no returns on the investment of God in our lives. There are no, nobody, there's nobody on earth or very few people on earth who can say of a truth that because of you, because of your existence on earth, because of your ministry, because of fulfilling your purpose, my life is better. I am closer to God because I met you. And yet the word of God says that it is as you and I bring people to him and help them to stand wherein they are also bearing our fruit, now bearing fruit, that we will fulfill purpose and whatever we ask him, he will do in our lives. So if, for example, there is someone here today who is saying, Lord, will you answer my prayers? You know, if you just decide that from now on, every time you engage with someone at work or in business, without opening John chapter 3 verse 16, just by the sheer excellence of your character, of your work, of your, of your witness, they will want to know the God that you serve. And then you can tell them about God's favorite house. You can tell them about Jesus Christ. There is something that will change in the way you are reckoned with in heaven. But if you study the word of God well, the Bible says that if I exist, I am blessed, I'm flourishing. We heard it in one of the videos this morning. Who will your money help? Or like they say, who will you help? <laughs> if you are doing well, you have health, you have life. The Bible says if I'm a branch and... After a while, when they come and check in heaven whether there's fruit on my branch and they don't find fruit, out of mercy, they may wait for some time. But after a while, they will say, there's no hope. Let's cut this one off. I pray that God will make you fruitful. There are people who are going straight to hell around you at work, in your families, in your neighborhood. The reason why you are a senior person at work, the reason why you live where you live, is because God wants to use you to reach them. So God's intention is that you prosper spiritually so that you are intimate with him, victorious over every enemy, and so that your life attracts others to him. I pray that from today, the quality of your life, of your walk with God, will bring many to the Lord in the name of Jesus. So that's intent number one. Intent number two is financial. And I'm sure you like that one better. Amen? For some reason, the devil and the world has deceived some of us, maybe many of us, that our God is a miser. You know, it's good to be humble. It's required to be humble if you are going to go far. But like my people will say, there's a difference between humility and humility. Right? The God we serve is not a miser. It's not a wicked God. It's not a tight-fisted God. In his word, he said, if you and I, who are unrighteous, know how to give good gifts to who? Our children. How will he not freely give good gifts to those of us who wait on him, who call upon him? I want you to know this morning that a good life is a good thing. The Bible says to us that God has given us all things. How many things? Richly to enjoy. At the beginning of my walk with God, I was deceived into this as well. I was a victim of this deception. Because I 
made money pretty early in life. And that took me far away from the faith of my fathers. When I gave my life to Christ, I was afraid of money. I was afraid of heights. I used to like to wear clothes that were nondescript. I had a car that when it's raining like this, you would prefer to be in the rain than to be in the car. I, I thought that was humility, you know, that just manage yourself. It's not good to laugh like that. <laughs> but when you study the word of God, as you grow spiritually, you will discover that one of the ways that God blessed those who are intimate with him was to prosper them financially. In John chapter 10 verse 10, the word of God says, Jesus has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And that starts, of course, with meeting your needs. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 19, Paul, a dear friend of God, said, My God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And then the devil, as he did in the Garden of Eden, has gone again in some, for some of us and distorted that scripture, meaning God will supply only your need. But that is a jaundiced view of scripture. Because if you read the scripture well, he said he will supply your need according to his word. If I want to supply, if somebody asks me for a gift, if, or if I saw somebody had a need, the kind of gift that I will give that person will be dependent on my own understanding of what? Of that need. <laughs> I'm trying to be careful here. Okay? So I'll tell you a very interesting short story. A few weeks ago, so I work in an organization where, you know, every, every other year or so, you get a new phone without asking. So I just got a new phone. And then I got a call one day from a member of our church who's a friend of mine. Uh, and I think he was so blessed by something I did. And he said, Pastor, are you in the office? I said, I'm in the office. And I went downstairs to meet the person he sent. And he had sent a gift to me that, number one, I didn't need. But it was just a lavish gift. But that was because it was according to his what? Riches. The God we serve, his name is Jehovah El Shaddai. The God who is more than enough. In Genesis 24 verse 35, the Bible tells us that he blessed Abraham lavishly. Lavishly. He had servants, he had gold, he had silver. In Luke chapter 5, verse 1 to 11, Peter, a subsistence fisherman, would have been comfortable to have, have how many fish do you think would have been happy with? If you have fished all night and caught nothing, how many fish do you think Peter would have been happy with? One or two would have just been fine. But when God decided to respond to Peter, he gave him two shipload of fish. David was a poor shepherd boy. But when God decided to anoint him, the Bible says he anointed him and his cup did what? 
ran over. It didn't matter that his enemies and detractors were whining and wailing, as we say. And that's why I want to pray for someone here this morning. That before the end of this year, you will have more than enough in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> One of my assistants, pastors, years ago, was trusting God for a child. That story changed. Now he has four children. When I say to him, if I mistakenly say now, you know, they've gone on a holiday in the U.S. now, they're going on a cruise. So I, I, you know, I, I said, they're dropping the children and then they are going. I said, when they were leaving last week, I said, we will soon hear results. I said, ah, pastor, we don't want results. <laughs> we don't want this kind of result. Just yesterday, a brother in our church who had been trusting the Almighty God for seven years, God blessed him with a set of twins, a boy and a girl. If God had given him one, he would have been grateful. Super grateful. But God gave him two. I said, is he boy or girl? He said, I got a boy and I got a girl. So I want to pray for someone here this morning who has been convinced that God just wants to give you crumbs. That before 2019 is over, I want you to write it down. As the Lord lives, you will have an overflow of God. In every area of your life, in Jesus' name. Lastly, God intends for you to be physically prosperous. And we all know that that is so important. See, no matter how spiritual or financially wealthy you are, poor health can stop you in your tracks. In Exodus 15, 26, God made a promise that if you and I live in diligent obedience, he says he will keep illness far away from us. But he doesn't stop there because he is Jehovah El Shaddai. He, can't, he doesn't just give you bread to eat. He gives you seeds to sow. In Mark 16, verse 17 to 18, he said that one of the signs that will follow those who believe in him, those who are genuinely saved, those who go out there to tell people about Jesus, who use their lives and their words to witness about the goodness of God, is that those people, they will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. So I am praying for someone here this morning that if there be any sick among us here this morning, that before you leave this auditorium, you will be totally whole in Jesus' name. If there be any sick in your family, among your friends, as you touch them today when you get home, they will recover in the name of Jesus. So God's intent is that you will be spiritually deep that when they say something is not possible in your office you will smile and you say it's going to happen and I say why is he talking like god because when leaf spends enough time with soap the leaf becomes like soap that's the village part of me right <laughs> when you begin to go deeper with god your words 
will be honored in heaven. The Bible spoke concerning Samuel. In 1 Samuel 16, he said God did not allow his words to fall to the ground. But Samuel lived in church. Samuel lived for God. He was born for God. He lived for God. How do I access this life that God intends for me? This life where I'm not only spiritually anointed, I am financially taken care of, and I am a blessing to others. How do I access this life where I'm not only healthy, the sick who encounter me have health? As I said earlier, we will unpack this in detail in the second service. It's going to be more practical. But this morning, as we begin to close, two things are needed to access this life. There are two essential things. You see, because all of the things that we've talked about have their roots in spirituality, the first thing that must happen in your life is that you must be genuinely born again. You must be born anew. We have abused the word born again so much that people even despise the word. But the word of God stands forever. In John chapter 3, a man who was very financially successful, influential in society, found out that he was spiritually shallow. His name was Nicodemus. And he came to Jesus Christ. He said, things are not adding up. I, I, I have money, I have everything, but these things you are doing, this is more. There's more. And Jesus said to him, there's a secret. He said, anybody that is in the flesh will be limited by walls. Ordinary walls. Not to talk of spiritual wickedness in high places. He said, but he that is born of the spirit, you don't even know where he's going. You don't know where he's coming from. He is unstoppable. You thought you kept him down, but he bump, bumps out on the other side higher. He said, that is what is the story of people who are genuinely born again. This was the intention of God from creation. Create. Adam was created for intimate fellowship with God. God will come down like normal friends in the evening to come and just chill out with Adam regularly. Just as a demonstration of intimacy, God made all the animals. And then in Genesis chapter 2, he brought them to Adam and said, in verse 19, he said, what name do you want to call these animals? What name? What name? And God, the Almighty, stepped back and Adam said, this one, dog, this one, cat, this one, this. Power in the tongue from fellowship with God. And the Bible says, every name that Adam called them, that is their name till today. How about that kind of power happening in your life? Adam was created to be fruitful and to multiply. Never to die. Never to die. Adam controlled the whole garden. That the Bible says the gold there was not ordinary gold. He said the gold was good. And and 
the Garden of Eden is another evidence that God doesn't just give you your needs. He gives you more than your need. Adam had more than enough in Eden, in Eden. But then he was deceived. He was deceived and he lost it all. My life story is very similar. I told you earlier, out of his mercy and grace, I left university when I was 19. I wasn't expelled. I graduated four years. By the time I was 21, I was a millionaire. But then I left the faith of my fathers and lived as riotously as you can ever imagine. And then I lost it all. I went from owning four cars at 24 years old. I thought if I ran to London, I'll be fine. The first baptism was I became a cleaner. That's why I learned how to use the Hoover. I mean, by the time I was 24 years old, I had a houseboy of my own. I was a bachelor. I had a French houseboy who made all kinds of food for me. And then I went and landed in London. Within months, I became a cleaner. From cleaner, I went and became a security guard in McDonald's in Lewisham Center. When I got saved and I took my family there, I went to buy burger there to show them that things have changed. <laughs> I would stand up for eight hours as a security guard. I couldn't even lean on the wall to rest. And then from there, when my friends who knew me as a big boy in Lagos started running to me as a security guard in Lewisham Center, I went and found a job in a factory where they lock all of us in for 12 hours. So if you saw me inside the factory, it meant that you two are also a laborer. <laughs> and then just before I became homeless, I went to church at a service like this and had a message like this that said that if I can be born again, if I can really hand over the affairs of my life to Jesus Christ, that things can change. I didn't need too much convincing because by that time it was evident that the boat was really about to sink. I didn't care all the people that knew me in the church because I used to go to church regularly, I told you. But once I leave the church, I will smoke, I will drink, I will do everything. But the matter was getting out of hand. I didn't care who laughed at me. I ran to the altar. Give my life to Christ. And the story changed from there. And the story keeps getting better and better and better by the day. I know because I heard God tell me that there is someone here this morning who is desperate to get on track. Desperate for a new beginning. If you will decide for Jesus Christ this morning, I guarantee you, not on my word, but on his word, that even before the end of this year, people will not recognize you again for good. And then, once you are born again of the Spirit, you must now begin to walk in the Spirit. See, the spiritual controls all dimensions of life. The people that are not Christians know that. It is those of us who go to church who are a bit confused about that. Those who walk in the spirit can pray about things that are not even obvious to the ordinary eye. 
Those who walk in the Spirit cannot be deceived because the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit guides you to all truth. Those who walk in the Spirit are empowered to do exploits. The very starting point of walking in the Spirit is to be baptized afresh in the Holy Spirit. And it's not a one-time baptism because his spirit, spirit, ex- it exhausts. I have spent time praying before today. But I dare not go to work tomorrow because I understand what I have taught you. If I don't spend some more time refilling in the spirit. <laughs> so this morning, if there's anybody here who desires to live a spiritually prosperous life, a physically prosperous life, where your youth is renewed every morning. A materially abundant life where you go beyond just your need to becoming a blessing. I'm going to invite you in a moment to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. And if he's already on your, the Lord of your life, I'm going to invite you to spend two or three minutes just praying in the Holy Spirit for revelation, for guidance on the next level of your life. Shall we bow down our heads as we pray? Thank you, Jesus. As we bow our heads, I want you to ask, say, Lord, what are you saying to me this morning? What are you saying to me this morning? What area of my life can I expect more from you this morning? What would you have me do? What would you have me do, Lord? And so with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, it's a very serious moment because I sense that there are people who God wants to do a new thing in their lives this morning. So if you are here and you're saying, can I get some prayer? I, I want to hand over my spiritual life to God. I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want Jesus to come and flood my life and take charge so that the very life in me will be the life of Christ so that I can fulfill my destiny. Say, Pastor, would you please pray with me this morning? I, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Would you please lift up your hand wherever you are sitting? Just lift up that hand above your head so that somebody can slip a card in your hand. In your, in you, your hand. Just raise it so that we can see. Is there anybody here this morning? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, brother or sister. I can't see you, but God bless you. There's someone here. There are two people here. There's someone right behind the pastors here. There are three of them actually. Right here, right here. Just keep that hand up. Two of them, I think. Yeah. God bless you. Is there any other person? Say, Lord, if you can, if you can really align my life with your original intent, so I'm going to hand it over to you. The Bible says we are the clay and he's the potter. So, Lord, this morning I, 
I want to hand it off to you. I want to give it to you. I want to give it up to you. Now, I'm going to ask if we don't mind that we all rise. And, and if you've got a card in your hand, I want you to please come to the altar. Just come. I'm sure that somebody will pray with you here this morning. Come. Come. There's nothing to be ashamed about. The people who we want to mock you the day when you are sharing the story that you won't even need to share because it will be evident that God has changed your life around. They will know that you make the wisest decision. If you want to come, come quickly, even if you don't have a card. Come, come. I want the rest of us to please rise on our feet. And I want you to lift up your voice. And if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, go ahead, let's pray in the Holy Spirit for two or three minutes. Go ahead, just pray in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moved at the beginning and did a new thing. That same Spirit can do a new thing in your life. Go ahead, just pray in the Holy Spirit. If you want to come, you can still come. While I'm praying, you can still come. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. So I want you to just pray one prayer with me and say, Father, on every front in my life, let me enjoy your prosperity. In every area of my life, let my life align with your intention. Deepen my walk with you. Supply all my need in abundance. Make me a blessing to the nations of the earth. Let lives be changed because of the testimony of my life. And let your health be my health from today. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Father, we thank you for the blessing of your word. We thank you for your sons and daughters that you've drawn to yourself. Father, we pray for them that you will plant their feet in your house. Make them mighty pillars in your church. Use them for your glory. And at the end of their race on earth, in a good old age, Father, let them receive a welcome from you. And Lord, everyone who has lifted up their voices to you today, Father, align our lives with your original intent in Jesus' name. Bless us indeed, Heavenly Father, and make us a mighty blessing to our world. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. God bless you.